This episode of iFreaks is brought to you in part by Postcards. Postcards is the simplest way to allow user feedback from right inside your application. With just a simple gesture, anyone testing your app can send you a postcard containing a screenshot of the app and some notes. It's a great way to handle bug reports and feature requests from your client. It takes five minutes to set up, and the first five postcards each month are free. Get started today by visiting www.postcard.es. This episode is brought to you by CodeSchool. CodeSchool offers interactive online courses in Ruby, JavaScript, HTML, CSS, and iOS. Their courses are fun and interesting and include exercises for the student. To level up your development skills, go to ifreakshow.com slash codeschool. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 70 of the iFreak Show. This week on our panel, we have James Zuber. Hello from Minneapolis. I'm Charles Maxwood from DevChat.tv, and this week we have a special guest, Delisa Mason. Hi, from San Francisco. All the way in San Francisco, huh? <laughs> yeah, land of expensive rent. There you go. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself really quickly? Sure. So, like I said, I'm Delisa Mason. I'm currently, in some ways, the toolsmith. I build a lot of productivity-type tools, uh, most of which are on GitHub. Lately, it's been for iOS dev, since that's what I've been doing the most. And right now, I'm working at Hello, where we just had Kickstarter for our product, Sense, which is like a sleep quality tool, like hardware and software. Awesome. We brought you on to talk about the... uh Alcatraz Package Manager for Xcode. Do you want to give us a brief introduction as to what it does? Sure. So Alcatraz is just a manager for you to be able to install and remove extensions into Xcode. And by extensions, I mean things that add either extra functionality like plugins or extra templates or color schemes. Oh, cool. The black market for Xcode extensions. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) Yeah, so I, I got it set up on my machine. Of course, I got it set up like two minutes ago because I, I was reading through the site and I had installed the Xcode 6 beta and it said on here that it only works with Xcode 5. Right. And so you filled me in and said, no, it'll run on Xcode 6. So I turned it on and I'm looking <laughs> through the package manager and there's a lot of stuff in here. Yeah, uh, maybe not all of it is Xcode 6 compatible yet, but it won't hurt to install it. It just won't do anything. Ah. But kind of color- like one of my brothers. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he, he's there, but uh, he's not causing any harm. Yeah. And it's mostly uh, each plugin has to have a specific UID to say that it's compatible with each build. And so we just need to add the UIDs for each build of Xcode 6. But templates and color themes will work on any build of Xcode. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So is there a back end to this? I mean, how do people submit packages to Alcatraz? So there's a package repo on GitHub. It's supermarin slash Alcatraz dash packages. And it just has one big JSON file that we just curl from Xcode and read it in. And those are the lists that you see when you open Alcatraz. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's actually pretty simple backend. And so people put in a pull request to say, add my package. We usually download them, make sure they're not something horrible, and then just add them in. Lots of interesting stuff have come out of it. And so I'm, what's I'm the gonna... process for installing this? Either you clone the project and hit build in Xcode, or you just run the install script that we have on the website, which okay. just curls down the zip and puts it in the plugins folder. Xcode will load any piece of code that you just drop in the magical plugins folder. Oh, that's safe. I mean, uh, <laughs> awesome. Powerful. Oh. You meant powerful. <laughs> Extensible. There we go. 
it's just funny to me because, you know, as iOS developers and Mac developers, we hear about security all the time, right? And so right. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. It's like, oh, okay. It's secure because it's obscure. You just have to know where it is and put in your magical UUID, and then it just works. Oh, nice. So, so most of our listeners are cowering in the corner, afraid to do this. <laughs> Why would we want to install this Alcatraz? What are some cool things we can get out of it? Well, uh, for a little bit of a background history, the first Xcode plugin I ever installed was one called Mini Xcode, which took the gigantic Xcode 4 bar and made it really tiny, but still left all the tools in place. And it's just a lot of small enhancements that make working just so much simpler because I, I just wanted that little bit of extra space when I'm working on my MacBook Air, and there it was. And the I first am so plugin getting I, that. Oh, gosh. The first plugin I ever made was just a button to nuke derived data from space. Ooh, <laughs> it was I just that. called the exterminator. And I know Xcode has built-in functionality to do this, but I just wanted to know beyond a shadow of a doubt I nuked the entire folder. Those kinds of like small enhancements were a lot of the thinking going into building Xcode or Xcode Alcatraz. Okay, what are the more popular packages? Uh, more popular, let's see. So there's a set of templates that come with like AF networking type stuff built in. Those are kind of popular. Some of the ones I hear people talking about the most are the CocoaPods plugin, which feels like shameless self-promotion because I did write that one, and Polychromatic, which is actually one of my picks. So I guess I can talk about that one later. Very nice. Um, <laughs> it, it also seems like there are color schemes. Yep. So people can build custom color themes, which at first looked kind of archaic because you have to edit the file manually, but it's actually pretty nice. People that have made is. themes for practically anything that already existed for other editors. So Tomorrow was a really popular one and also Solarized. That's funny you mentioned tomorrow because I just grabbed my tomorrow theme out of here and <laughs> installed it. Nice. You're making my life better. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay, so anyone who wants to customize Xcode or they wish they had a button to do this, they can look for a package that might do something like exterminate your you drive data, something like that. Exactly. All right, that's cool. So if I wanted to write something, walk us through like how do you write like this exterminator, this button plugin. Okay, so the writing part is the less user-friendly part. So one of my like, smaller projects was making a template for making an Xcode plugin because there are a few required components. When I said Xcode just runs any arbitrary piece of code, it wasn't quite true. It still has to be formatted as a standard bundle. It has a plist in it. It's a tiny app. And the basic steps would be, first, if you need a UI component, in some ways you have to start to reverse engineer Xcode to figure out where you want to insert a particular thing, at least if you want to edit like the standard window. If you're making your own window, it's the same process as you know, building a normal Mac app with, that's backed by probably NS Windows and Zips. So what I'd usually do is take Xcode's private frameworks and dump out all the headers and then start looking for what I think I need, which is not a very foolproof process. So uh, in most cases... I usually just end up grepping through those, and then from Xcode, you tell it to run as its application, Xcode itself. So you spawn Xcode from Xcode and start putting in breakpoints in your code as you load your plugin and start to uh, manipulate the code to see if you can get the effects that you're looking for. Okay, so if you can pull this off, you get like a, a wizard hat and a badge of honor, right? Oh, you, you totally do. The first okay. time it actually worked, 
I was really concerned that my computer would just implode, running Xcode from Xcode, all the profiling tools started going insane. <laughs> That's okay. It's not like any of us make a living using Xcode or anything. Oh, no. Does anyone use Xcode? We hope so. Now with Alcatraz, <laughs> there's no excuse not to. <laughs> I hope so. One of the problems I feel like I've had in a small way is like Stockholm Syndrome. Like The more I can hack it, the more I kind of like it in there. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I shouldn't be liking Xcode. That just doesn't seem natural. You can create your own prison, though. So. <laughs> that's right. That's the idea. Well, that's that's one of the things that I like. So I spend most of my time writing Ruby, and that's one of the things I like about Emacs is that I can customize it however I want. And that was one of the things that was frustrating to me about Xcode is, is you know, I, I have this box, and, you know, I can shake the box, but everything's still where it was. So, <laughs> For sure. And that was definitely the inspiration was other editors and like simple package management schemes, which it just seems like should exist, which maybe it will with you know, mm-hmm. app extensions and whatnot someday. So if you considered, instead of just you know, curling a JSON file, actually setting up some kind of more, I don't want to say robust, because GitHub will stand up to a lot, but kind of a more, what am I trying to say, like, like a web application that... Just more formal system. Yeah, that's more along the lines of what I'm thinking. It's something we've discussed several times, mostly for getting more comprehensive metrics, but the need hasn't really arisen to just make it happen, and also time's kind of tough. With yeah. you know, I'm kind of in startup life right now, and that kind of thing. Yeah, but I really need that vanity metric to know that somebody downloaded <laughs> my plugin six times. There's an issue for that open, like, every week. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. How do I know? <laughs> Like, no, people are using it. I'm sure someone. I mean, I have a, a general idea just because people open issues about this or that fairly often to know these are popular or maybe just those have issues and everyone reports them. Mm-hmm. So if I'm looking at the package manager window, mm-hmm. it has all. I'm pretty sure I know what that does. Yep. Um, what What is the little Lego one? What, little what Lego mean? is a plugin. It's... It's a flattened version of the bundle icon. Okay. Everything went flat, and then it got confusing. And then the little, what is it, color? It's like a color swatch. Yeah, so there you go. That's for the themes. And then the last one is just files and templates. Oh, okay. Yep. Very nice. So you're going to turn me into a lazy pr- Never mind. I'm already <laughs> Laziness is the mother of invention. That's so true. <laughs> You just keep telling yourself that when you're up in the middle of the night hacking on Xcode. It's 3 a.m. Yeah, my wife comes in four times. Come to bed. <laughs> exactly. So that's the problem with these extensible environments. You know, I, I sit down like because I've I've got like the Emacs bindings in my fingers because I've done Emacs development for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I sit down like, oh, I'm going to do some Emacs development, and I end up messing with Emacs for three hours mm-hmm. <laughs> versus actually getting anything done. Right. So is this going to? send me down the same type of time warp? So far, it doesn't seem to be a mass community thing, but everyone's now building extensions. Like, we've gotten a lot of them, but it hasn't been, like, an explosion, like, sublime text or anything. Mm-hmm. So I don't think so. Also, at least I, me personally, I've gotten to the point where I've built enough that I know that many times what I'm thinking of, the time cost is not worth it. Like, I spend three minutes a day doing this. There's no reason for me to spend three hours building something to do it for me. Or maybe I'm just getting old, one or the other. (laughs) (laughs) I'll spend my three minutes and I'll be happy. I just need to find a client with the same problem. 
<laughs> if only. <laughs> so it seems like before uh, something like this, your option was basically to pass around files or maybe clone a Git repository into your... Yeah, uh, uh, pretty much every project was go to GitHub, clone, to pro- clone either to a zip to plugins, or you had the whole project and you had to build it from Xcode, and the, the build step would be to install it into the plugins directory. And so was it you or somebody else that was like, ah, oh, there's got to be a better way? Actually, that's a funny story. So one of my past open source projects was I worked on the Redcar Ruby editor for a very long time. And the weekend of the Ruby Motion Conference, I met a couple of really cool guys there, one of which was Marine, who's the other, like, I guess, creator of Alcatraz. And I said, oh, I wanted to build a package manager for Redcar. That's just like Sublime Text. And we hacked it out with one of our friends over that weekend. And a couple of weeks went by, and basically one day he sent me a message that said, I bet, we, I bet there's a way to build something like this for Xcode. And I thought that was just crazy. But over the coming week, he started to hack out a little bit of something, and he hadn't really done much Mac dev before, so I kind of jumped in, and we had something, pretty much what you see now, in like a week or two, and it just kind of took off. So that's Interesting. basically the backstory of you know, how it came to be. And then when you were naming it, you looked out the window and said, I know what to call it. <laughs> I didn't live in San Francisco quite yet, but it was a little bit of a joke on Xcode being our prison. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Which we should have just called it prison curtains or something. But Alcatraz, it worked out. Interesting. So do you have any idea of how many people are actually using this? I have an idea based on how many people cloned the project when we hosted it off of S3. We since moved to GitHub downloads, so mm-hmm. I don't have a great idea. But it's a couple thousand. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So you just had 1,001, so... <laughs> Oh, yeah. A couple thousand and one. I just downloaded yeah. it, went to the site, got this curl script. I'm good. All right. Xcode. And so, yeah. So which packages do you use? Which ones do you have installed on your system? The ones I oh, I have a bunch installed because I'm always testing out new ones, but the ones I use like constantly every day, the first one's probably VV Documenter, which type three slashes and it puts in a perfectly formatted comment for me is amazing. I document so much of my code now. And then, let's see, Polychromatic, which I mentioned earlier, it's system for highlighting your variables that makes it really easy to tell the difference between one thing, things that are important and things that aren't important. Sort of like we how we have class names that are different colors, but all the variable names are just white or you know, just some default color. And it's not really the useful information that jumps out at you. So it kind of reverses that. That one's kind of handy. Clang Format for standardizing the way that people, where people put their brackets and indentation, that's also amazing. Oh, that's and then cool. there's a couple of other like tooling related. Yeah, the CocoaPods one I use all the time just because I can do pod install without me having to go to the terminal and that kind of stuff. Those are the big ones. I find it's much more productive to have big fights about your code style. You know, <laughs> why do we need a for that? <laughs> Well, you, the fight comes first, and then you write out the format in a nice Clang format file, and then the fight never happens again. Well, it still happens, but if you have like a formatter, you can kind of do it your own way when you're writing it and have it yeah, you know, format nicely or whatever the team decides. Bracket on same line, bracket on new line, war never happened again. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, if only Xcook could decide, that would be nice. Because it still, it doesn't stop you from doing the insert 
IB action and it has a bracket on the same line, but then you open the new file and it has a bracket on the new lines. And you're like, well, yeah, no, it's great. Like, yeah, your your view controller is different than your your test template. <laughs> yes. Like, Come on, people. Okay. Yeah, but it's great. They just don't yeah. want to pick sides, you know. <laughs> or they're still fighting the war. Brave guys. <laughs> this is true. You got to watch out. Some of those angle brackets are sharp. <laughs> I hope that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but there are new plugins every week. So there's always new stuff. It's really surprising sometimes. There's one called Peckham that inserts from anywhere in the code, you can insert an import and it goes in the right place, like sorted and at the top of the file. Like you're typing something, oh, wow. you realize you don't have it, and it's just like, oh, hit this keystroke and it puts it in for you. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So what's your process for actually testing out new plugins? Usually look at their screenshot. <laughs> if it doesn't look cool, then I say no. No, that's, that's totally not true. So I usually clone down the project, kind of leaf through the code in some general way, and then uh, hit build so it installs to my machine, test out the functionality, see if it's buggy or has compatibility issues, that kind of thing. And if it's ready to go out, just merge it and maybe tweet about it if it was extremely cool. That's awesome. pretty much it. Are there any feeds we can subscribe to to get new uh, packages as they come down the pipe? We've been talking about automating it completely, but right now it's just whenever there's something in particular, usually tweet it out from Alcatraz underscore Xcode. Okay, so follow, follow that on Twitter. Yep. Is the introduction of uh, Swift going to change some of this? Because it seems like you know their syntactical... What's the right word? Syntactical differences between the two languages? So Unless the development of Xcode itself suddenly doesn't support Objective-C? No, but I assume you could just build a bundle in Swift if you wanted to write a plugin in it. There's a couple of people that are working on plugins in Swift. It doesn't really matter from my perspective. Right, so all the code highlighting and stuff will be Objective-C specific or Swift specific? Code highlighting? Yeah, so oh, the, temp- the, 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 the templates or themes or things like that. That's a good question. I don't think so because, I mean, it's all based on like, scoping. Uh-huh. Good question. I'll have to look. I have a feeling it's probably about the same, though. Yeah, probably. They're probably using the same mechanisms one way or the other. So. Yeah. Like, some of the scopes have, like, OBJC in the name, but I don't foresee that being, like, a really big deal. Probably be pretty easy to, like, grep and switch them if we want mm-hmm. to make Swift-specific templates. And at what point do you start rejecting packages because they don't work on the newest version of Xcode? So when they actually release Xcode 6, or are you going to be doing it when they have, like, this is our, you know, gold master beta or whatever? Well, we actually went back and forth on this between Xcode 4 and 5, but that one was more of a hard stop because it's Xcode switched to Arc. And so the things for Xcode 4 couldn't be installed on Xcode 5. But between 5 and 6, there's a lot of compatibility. So we were talking about just adding in to packages just a version number to say which, like, is it 5 plus or is it just 5 and just try to support versions going forward. Mm. What did you do on the switch from 4 to 5? Did you, like, ditch your whole well, JSON we had list? To, oh, uh, we went through and to see who updated and who didn't. And the ones that didn't update... We you know, sent out issues to them or the ones that sort of worked, that kind of thing. And then we removed everything that wasn't, was no longer compatible. But surprisingly, a lot of people updated their plugins to work for Xcode 5. So it wasn't, wasn't too dramatic. The big part was just rewriting Alcatraz 
with uh, Arc, and that was pretty much it. So what are the challenges going from Xcode 5 to Xcode 6? So far, anyone who's dependent on the window hierarchy, so if you like the derived data button, if you put something into the main window, the structure of the window is actually changed, so you have to move where you're inserting it. You have to rehack your hack. <laughs> Other than that, uh, there hasn't been much. If anything, it's gotten easier because uh, not that much changed, and so many people have written like good blog posts about getting started with plugins and whatnot for information that's stayed relatively the same. It's pretty good. So, what's like the craziest plugin anyone's written that's available on Alcatraz? The craziest plugin. I know the one that made me laugh the most. Oh, actually, there's two. The funniest one to me was the open and app code plugin. Like you're looking, <laughs> you're looking at your Xcode project, and you just wanted to switch to app code. Like I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> that one I thought was pretty clever. And then also the uh, full issue navigator, which just shows all of the text that's in an issue in the issue navigator pane. So you know it cuts off after a couple lines. You can change it in settings to say show up to three lines, show up to five, but not show all all the time. And it kind of fixes that problem. So one of my favorite um, plugins that I've used in other projects, it really depends on the team and their sense of humor. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I've used libraries that run a command and randomly insert quotes from Princess Bride as comments into your code. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Would you accept such a thing? I would think about it. It's hilarious. (laughs) I mean, it has no real utility, right? (laughs) If your utility is entertainment and merriment, I mean... <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think that's a pretty legitimate purpose. I mean, we need to laugh more in our code. I briefly thought about making a plug-in for something like Chat Roulette, where you connect randomly to some other Xcode user and you both chat. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but that hasn't come together yet. Maybe next April 1st. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, so now that I've totally bastardized my uh, Xcode... <laughs> It's now pink and purple, and there's rainbows coming out. That's right. How'd you know? <laughs> oh, I've been there, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's kind of the next step on this? I mean, you know, do people get into this and then start writing their own plugins? Or, I mean, my personal hope is you get in, and then you're just like, oh, my life is better. I have nothing to complain about on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, but- <laughs> that won't happen. <laughs> I just have less to complain about on Twitter. <laughs> less to complain. You're right. Less there you go. But in general, uh, the less I hear, the- that means people are more productive, right? Mm-hmm. But from time to time, it seems to be the process is, oh, this is really cool. I wonder what else I can make it do. File 10 issues. <laughs> <laughs> so what is coming next for Alcatraz? There's a partial UI rewrite that's been in the works for a while that I just need to push out probably in a weekend or something that adds better filters and makes them more descriptive. So bring text back into the UI in some places and also adding a filter so you see your installed plugins separately from other things, uh, caching the list so you can see what you have installed when you're offline. Just a few like usability-type tweaks and then maybe a couple of blog posts about the whole process and building plugins and working a little bit more to make sure good extensions really get highlighted. That's really cool. Yeah, it would be nice to be able to say, oh, I want to see the ones I have installed. 
<laughs> yeah, scrolling through the list sometimes can be a little bit tedious once you start to get a lot of things installed, especially now that there's, I want to say, about 100 plugins, maybe a little more. So do you think this is going to pick up in popularity? I'm really not sure. In some ways, the culture building Mac and iOS apps is very by the book. So I've been kind of surprised that it even got much traction outside of, you know, just the people who came from Ruby and that kind of thing. And then on top of that, with app extensions coming out, I keep wondering what kind of extensions we'll get for Xcode and whether that will be the avenue that we end up going to, to, you know, build sanctioned things. But I'm sure there's always be things that won't ever be sanctioned. So the black market for Xcode extensions will probably still exist. Mm -hmm. So what type of things would you use for an app extension versus going through Alcatraz? Well, I think at the moment the problem is not knowing what Xcode's extension points will be. I remember at some point, I want to say like the platform State of the Union or something, they mentioned like being able to do an action on save or something like that. So you could probably build extensions for things like Clang Format, but maybe not so much the crazier hacks. Like, I can't see how there would be a, an extension point for, like I said, the Peckham plugin, where you insert imports and at arbitrary times without having to pull up some custom UI or making it in some kludgy kind of way. So I, I think it was just whatever Apple lets you do, then we'll do it through extensions. Otherwise... Probably going through whatever channels we can sort of figure out. Well, this is really cool. I'm really excited to dig in and start playing with it. That's awesome. Yeah, there's always new stuff going on, but uh, like I was saying, the, the challenge really has been being able to promote uh, the things people are working on, get I'd more ask, stuff out there. I'd ask if there's a good place to get started, but it seems pretty straightforward to me. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> Go to the website, that command, copy. Paste. Open terminal, command paste. <laughs> File an issue. <laughs> yes. You start complaining. Yes, right. That's right. <laughs> no, I complain, but people are great. And there's also a lot of really good contributors out there who built really crazy things that I never thought of. So Awesome. Anything else that we should have asked about that we didn't? I mean, it's a pretty simple system. There's no back end, just pulling from GitHub. You install it, it's magical. The only like big thing that I think people need to realize is that when you install a new version of Xcode, then you suddenly don't have plugins. Like it doesn't recognize them, the ones from the previous build. So then each time you have to reinstall Alcatraz. So going from five to six, you suddenly didn't have Alcatraz and you had to install it again. Mm -hmm. But it's becoming more seamless. I mean, we talked at points about like building a small daemon or something to do it for you. But I think on some level, I kind of agree with the... Xcode developers on this, and that you need to make sure that everything's compatible again before just automating that it reinstalls. Because right. constantly crashing Xcode is even worse. <laughs> mm -hmm. Have you heard anything from Apple about this one way or the other? Like it, hate it? Nothing. Like radio silence. Like, I mean, there have been times where I've gotten contacts from developers, some of the Xcode developers, about things that would make our experiences better, so we need to do this kind of thing less or what they could do just to make our lives easier, but nothing, like, official. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing I've heard about CocoaPods. Oh, yeah. It's a very similar position. Yeah, they, they know about it, but they haven't actually, like, blessed it or cursed it or anything. Yeah, I, it's one of those things where I think they kind of think through and mull over, and eventually they'll have their solution, but it hasn't happened quite yet. 
Yeah, I did notice that at WWDC. You know, they, they're like, yeah, and we added this feature and this feature and this feature. And I'm sitting there going, so I don't need this app or that app or the other app. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm really okay with. If they want to take it over so I no longer have to maintain some random thing I made on a weekend, you know, that's great. How much time do you spend maintaining it? Now? Uh, not much. Maybe each week I take maybe 90 minutes and go through issues. But there are a few things I need to spend a couple hours and hammer out. Like I said, the UI stuff and that kind of thing. But it's not very much. So who else do you have helping you with the project? So Marn Usha, who's the other person who helped me create it. And then also you're a stender. And uh, Marina and I are actually in San Francisco, and Yura is in the Netherlands. And the three of us do most of the development, the core team, if you will. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's a package that you'd like to see? You know, if someone wants to get on your good side, what kind of package would they make Ooh. to make you happy? Package that I'd like to see. Something that when I add a file to my project, automatically updates my plist. That would be nice. There we go. I just added like 20 variations of one font the other day, and I was like, I can't believe I still have to do this by hand, talking the name of each font with its extension. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. Or I made a little command line tool in Ruby that generates constant files for all of my storyboards, so I don't have to type in my identifiers or instantiate random controllers. And I'd love to have a plugin that just on save from my storyboard just did it for me. So all of my reuse identifiers, all of my names for controllers, all of that kind of stuff. Those would be the two big ones. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a simple person with simple needs. Well, I'm trying to think if I have any other questions. Jane, do you have anything else to ask? <laughs> I'm excited to get started. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I'm waiting for the debugging portion of this. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, the point where you install something and you're just like, oh crap, that wasn't quite what I wanted. How do I fix this? There have been times where I've actually built plugins that just didn't come together. Like, have you ever used the snippet editor in Xcode? No. No? Sure, okay. yes. Yes? <laughs> have you ever crashed Xcode using the snippet editor? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I had this great idea to build a better snippet editor and solve this problem, but the problem is actually something too low level for me to fix, which is sometimes if you save a file into the snippet folder and Xcode can't parse it, in its current format, for whatever reason, it brings the whole system down and Xcode won't restart. And I realize this is not a problem I can solve with a plugin. So when you're building a plugin, you can just run it in Xcode and have breakpoints in it? Yep. You set Xcode to run Xcode as its current app, which makes it re when the child Xcode will reload everything in the plugins folder. So you get your the benefit of breakpoints. And so does that mean you're running two Xcodes at the same time? Yes, you are, in fact, running multiple Xcodes. And if you accidentally run Xcode again from Xcode, you can continuously spawn until your machine dies. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're speaking from experience. It has possibly happened where I was like, which one was the first one? There's actually a plugin to solve this problem now, but there were some times in the early days where it just got a little unmanageable. But there's a plugin now that I think it's called Red Xcode that just makes the child window a different color so that you know which one you started with and which ones are the new ones. Oh, man. I so wanted it to put on the parent one something that said, like, I am God. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> it's probably possible. 
I don't see why not. <laughs> it's all possible with Xcode. So with the plugins, can you add things to the menu bars or? Yep. Uh, you just grab, you know, main menu like normal and you get Xcode's menu. Although that's one of the things I should point out about the extensions API is while you can insert menu items, you can't grab the uh, NS application instance. And a lot of plugins need to do that for various reasons. So anything that you access within a plugin, it, you're grabbing, your main application is Xcode. However, your bundle is not Xcode's bundles. It's an interesting distinction you have to make. Like if you end up bundling resources, you have to make sure you saved the bundle that it passed in during initialization. Otherwise, you'll never find that resource in the hundreds of bundles that make up Xcode. That's interesting. Yeah. It's got very interesting architecture. Huh. Well, I'm excited to get playing with this. Awesome. I've already installed like a half dozen plugins. <laughs> we're talking. Install all the plugins. <laughs> Enjoy the power of hot reloading. What would happen if you did that? Install all, all, all of them. I hope you have an awesome life. <laughs> we, we need a plugin to install all the plugins. <laughs> there is a plugin that is also a plugin manager in there somewhere. There, was, there were plugin managers actually before Alcatraz. I actually didn't know about this until after Alcatraz. And one of the maintainers submitted it to Alcatraz as a plugin. Isn't that kind of meta? Some, yeah, it was some very strange like, conversations. But yeah, if you want a menu that shows all of your installed plugins instead of a pop-up window, there's a plugin for that. Huh. Yeah, at one point I had installed some kind of plugin manager and done something, got a template with it. I don't, know, I don't remember what version of Xcode that was or when that happened. I guess three back when the world was free. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what are some of the other plugin managers? It's something like plugin menu, X plugin menu, something like that. Folsom? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just... Shanghai. Sing Sing. Oh, gosh. Oh, I'm, I'm noticing a trend here. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> if I start a series of anything, well, I, I started out thinking, yeah, I'll make a series of things named after prisons, but that died off really quick. But if I was going to name a series of anything, it'd probably just be chocolate products. Oh, there you go. Cocoa Weeds, Chocula, Ovaltine, you know, something like that. <laughs> probably better for the general population. Possibly. And also less wondering if I'm actually a secretly a crazy person. You don't have to wonder. I make Xcode plugins, people. <laughs> There's no sanity left. Awesome. Well, should we get to the picks? Let's do that. All right. Jane, what are your picks? So I've been away for a while, and I kind of ha- forgot how to iFreak. So I'm working on a pick here. I was at that conference in Wisconsin Dells. But I, I guess, let's see, Delando and Pete aren't here, so I better come forward with a beer pick so our listeners aren't waiting. So I had the foresight to stop by the liquor store on the way into the Wisconsin Dells and picked up a, one thing I pretty much liked. I got an amber lager from, from Capital Brewery in Wisconsin in Madison. Ooh. And I've been drinking lagers, amber lagers, quite a bit lately. I like them, and this is a pretty good one. So if you're in Wisconsin, I don't think you can get anywhere else. If you happen to be anywhere near Madison, pick check out the Wisconsin Amber from Capital Brewery. And that's my pick. That sounds fantastic. All right. I've got two picks. One is one of my favorite TV shows started up again, Doctor Who. <laughs> I freaking love that show. The new Doctor was kind of interesting, but uh, we'll see where they go with it. And I'm really curious to see where everything winds up. My second pick is LootCrate.com. And every month they send me a box full of little 
knickknacks and things. So the first one I got was villains. And so I got a couple of little posters. I got a magnet with Mario boss on it. This last one was heroes. And so I got a bobblehead Groot from um, guardians of the galaxy. I also got a little Ninja Turtle action figure. I got another magnet with stuff on it. Oh, the hero one also came with some comic books in it. And just just a whole bunch of interesting stuff. So I've really been enjoying getting those every month. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and pick those. And, yeah, every month is a different theme. And it's just, you know, they, they have licensing deals with Star Wars and most of the comic book stuff and Nintendo and Sega and, you know, all of those. So you get all kinds of stuff from them. And it's just, it's just a lot of fun. And it's not that expensive. So uh, I'll pick that. Delisa, what are your picks? All right. So I have two picks. I know Paint Code's been picked before, but Paint Code 2 is amazing. Just being able to punch in like random bits of code to be able to customize the animations I'm working on. And then the fact that it keeps track of all my colors and images all in one place. It's made my life so much simpler. Awesome. And then the second thing would be the Steam game Crypt of the Necrodancer, which is a rhythm roguelike game that I play with a dance pad on my Mac. And that cost me, I think, $10, maybe $15. That's $15 I've spent in months. What is a rhythm roguelike? So it's a roguelike, so it's auto-generated dungeon crawler game, but you do it to a beat. So it has great music, and you just have to push the arrow keys on the right beats to be able to jump forwards and back and attack and that kind of thing. Very nice. That sounds it's like super fun. Cool. Yeah. Also has co-op. Those would be my picks. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming. If people want to get a hold of you or contribute to Alcatraz, what should they do? Either they can find me at my website, delisa.me, or Catrally, K-A-T-T-R-A-L-I, on GitHub, Twitter, Skype, PlayStation Network, just about everything. So however people want to find me, I'm always up for talking about new ways to build better tools. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks for coming. We'll catch everyone next week. Working and learn from designers at Amazon and Quora, developers at SoundCloud and Heroku, and entrepreneurs like Patrick Ambron from Brand Yourself. You can level up your design, dev, and promotion skills at Level Up Con, taking place October 8th and 9th in downtown Saratoga Springs, New York. Only two hours by train from New York City, this is the perfect place to enjoy early fall and Oktoberfest while you mingle with industry pioneers in a resort town in upstate New York. Get your ticket today at levelupcon.com. Space is extremely limited for this premium conference experience. Don't delay. Check out levelupcon.com now. This episode is sponsored by Mad Glory. You've been building software for a long time, and sometimes it gets a little overwhelming. Work piles up, hiring sucks, and it's hard to get projects out the door. Check out Mad Glory. They're a small shop with experience shipping big products. They're smart, dedicated, will augment your team, and work as hard as you do. Find them online at madglory.com or on Twitter at madglory. Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.